God is good. Hallelujah. Well, we're just enjoying all that God has for us. And Jennifer and I are having so much fun hanging out with our kiddos and watching our children grow. Uh, they make us laugh. Yeah, I, I love the things that, that children say. They just crack you up. And uh, I thought of a few. We were sitting at uh, breakfast this morning and we're all around the breakfast table. And little uh, Dana, who's three, she looked at mom and said, Mom, my lungs are beating. So, so that was an uh, interesting observation. And uh, they'll say, say all kinds of things. If anything has taken place prior to this present moment, it was yesterday. So what I just said happened yesterday. See? Instead of saying yesterday, though, they'll say uh, lasterday and yesternight. <laughs> we, uh, we were doing, running a family errand uh, the other day, and we dropped Jennifer off at the craft store. And it was around dinner time, and the kids were hungry, so I went and took the kids to grab something. We got it to go, and uh, they were very hungry. And we're in the van, and I'm passing out the food. And Judah, who's six, was really hungry, and he, he, he shouted out, Everyone be patient. I want mine first. <laughs> it was great. Totally serious, you know. And then after we said it, we all burst out laughing. Then he kind of looked around. Oh. Oh, it's just so funny. Kids crack you up, don't they? And I love the, the, not only the things that they say, but the questions that they ask. Funny questions, you know. And uh, let me think of some of the things they've said. Um, how do spiders crawl on the ceiling? It's a good question. Huh. Uh, why are clouds white? If you kept walking, could you touch the moon? All good questions. I have the answer for all of them, of course, right? But one uh, question in particular that fits in with what we're talking about tonight is I, I remember my uh, son looking up into the sky and he said, Dad, where's heaven? And what's interesting about children is that they um, have an internal awareness of heaven. And no one ever has to tell them about it. And they instinctively know that heaven is up. Without ever saying a word to them. They instinctively know that heaven is up and that hell is down. That God is up and the devil is down. They instinctively know that good is up and bad is down. There are things that we know instinctively as children that adults have to talk us out of as we grow. With their reasonings that have come about through uh, their frustrated uh, experiences and frustrations in life. Through their fears and their worries and their doubts. But heaven is up. And God is up. And good is up. The title of tonight's message is very simply, Up. Capital U, capital P, exclamation point. When I say up, and we're talking about heaven, we understand that heaven is not a material realm location. Heaven is not part of this physical realm. This physical realm came from another realm, the spirit realm. Heaven is in the spirit realm. 
So when we, we're trying to find heaven, we're not going to find it looking next to the third rock from the sun or, or not looking for it on a cloud somewhere because heaven is in a different realm. It's in the spirit realm. Up. It's up. So when we're talking about up, we're not necessarily talking about the sun or the moon or the stars. We say heaven is up, God is up. We're, we're talking about an elevated way. A higher way, a greater way, a stronger way, an enduring way, an unshakable way, an eternal way, an everlasting way up. Heaven is up. Devil is down. Up, strong, greater, higher, enduring, eternal, everlasting. Isn't it interesting, no matter where you go on planet earth, when you see people pray, they'll do usually one of two things. They'll look up or they'll bow in reverence and submission to the one who is up. We don't ever, no one ever taught us to do that. Right? We're born with that knowing inside. Jesus taught us that the kingdom of heaven belongs to the children. God is up. So let's pray tonight. Father, we thank you that you ushered in your kingdom through your son, Jesus Christ. We thank you, Heavenly Father, for your Holy Spirit in this place tonight to meet every need, to reach every heart. Shine with your glory tonight, Lord. Show yourself to every man, woman, and child in this building. That each one of us would grow closer to you tonight and leave here with, with a more intimate understanding of your love, your joy, your strength, and your power. In Jesus' name, amen. So when we pray, we know to look up or to bow. We know that Somewhere, somehow, there must be something better than what's down here. We know that what's down here is faulty. We look at the world around us, and it's not hard to, to see that what's down is not enduring. What's down is not unchanging. What's down is not eternal. And without anyone ever having to tell us anything, as children, we look up for a better way. And you will be forever frustrated if you're looking down to find up. If you're looking in this world for the answers and solutions to your problems. Not there. The answer to the issues of life is not down, it's up. So look up. God is up. Let's look what God has to say about himself in Isaiah chapter 55. Isaiah, back in the Old Testament, chapter 55, God is up. God is higher, greater, stronger, unchanging, unshakable, eternal, and everlasting. I like this. Isaiah, chapter 55, and God is speaking through the prophet. And in verse, let's start in verse 9 for right now. 
Verse 9, for as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, up, and my thoughts than your thoughts, up. Now, verse 9 is a good verse, but we're going to read verses, start back in verse 1, and the reason we're going to read some more of that is because man, man's religion will take verse 9 and would have you place a, a, an insurmountable chasm between God and yourself. That you're down here and God's way up here. And that never the two shall meet. That God is not able to be understood. He is not able to be known. That God's ways are way up here and your ways are way down here. And that there is this gaping canyon between the two of you. Man's religion looks at verse 9 as a foreboding warning. As if God were saying, I'm higher than you, don't touch this. But if we read the scriptures, and we're going to go back to verse 1, we'll find that verse 9 is not a foreboding warning, but a motivating invitation to come up. To forsake our thoughts to forsake our ways and embrace his. Let's check it out in verse 1. God speaking through the prophet, Ho, everyone that thirsteth, come ye to the waters, and he that hath no money, come buy and eat. Yea, come buy wine and milk without money, without price. It sounds like Jesus in John chapter 7, in verse 37, where he stood up and he said, If any man thirst, come to me. Right? For it is written, anyone who believes in me, out of his belly shall flow rivers of living water. Sounds like the Messiah talking. Isaiah is often referred to as the fifth gospel, and rightly so. Verse 2, wherefore, why do you spend money for that which is not bread? Why are you looking for solutions down here on the earth? And why are you laboring for that which satisfieth not? Why are you wearing yourself out working 60 hours a week in two or three jobs, trying to make ends meet, looking for your provision down here? Look up. Your provision is up. Do you know you can't work enough jobs and enough hours in a week to fulfill your purpose, to accomplish the things that God has for you? Look up. Hearken diligently unto me, and eat that which is good, and let your soul delight itself in fatness. That sounds like, uh, was it John uh, chapter 6? Jesus said, I am the bread of life. He who comes to me shall not hunger. Right? He who, who believes in me will never thirst again. Look up. Look up. Incline your ear, and come unto me. Hear and your soul shall live, and I will make an everlasting covenant with you, even the sure mercies of David. Now let's jump down to verse 6. Seek the Lord while he may be found. Call upon him while he was near. It sounds like Matthew chapter 6, Jesus again. Seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you. It sounds like Jesus is talking in Isaiah. But he wasn't born yet, was he? But before, before Isaiah was, he is. Right? 
So Jesus is talking to us here, isn't he? Look at verse 7. Let the wicked forsake his way and the unrighteous man his thoughts. See, this is an invitation, isn't it? And let him return unto the Lord. There's no insurmountable chasm between me and you. Forsake your down thoughts. Forsake your down ways and, and replace them with mine. Come up to where I am. And he will have mercy upon him and to our God, for he will abundant, abundantly pardon. Verse 8, for my thoughts are not your thoughts, neither are your ways my ways, saith the Lord. That's good news, isn't it? Right? Our thoughts are faulty, aren't they? They fall short. They, we fell down, didn't we? We fell down from the glory of God. Our thoughts and ways are faulty. Verse 9, for as high as the heavens above the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways, and my thoughts than your thoughts. Now in verse 10, God, in verse 10 and verse 11, God tells us how to come up. God is up. He is higher than us. But he's inviting us to come up. Wherever you are, God is saying tonight, come up. Come up higher. Come up higher. How? Let's look at verse 10. For as the rain cometh down and the snow from heaven and returneth not thither, but watereth the earth and maketh it bring forth in bud, that it may give seed to the sower and bread to the eater, so shall my word be that goeth forth out of my mouth. It shall not return unto me void, but it shall accomplish that which I please, and it shall prosper in the thing whereunto I sent it. God says you will come up through the entrance of my word into your heart. God's word is like the rain that comes down and waters the plants. The rain comes down and it waters and nourishes the plants and the plants grow and they bear seed and that seed goes back into the ground and bears more plants. And it's an endless cycle of prosperity and abundance. It's an endless cycle of growth and coming up higher. And when we receive the word of God into our hearts, it elevates us to a new level of living. Come up. Come up here. Come up higher. Come up to this everlasting, eternal, and greater way. Philippians chapter 4, verse 13. Anyone know that scripture? Excuse me. I, mean, I was meant to say chapter 3, verse 14. 4, 13, you were right. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. But Philippians chapter 3, verse 14. I'll give you a chance to turn there. God wants us to come up and go through this life with him, walking with him, talking with him, listening to him, following him, trusting in him, leaning on him. Philippians chapter 3 verse 14 says, I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward call of God, the up." Word call of God in Christ Jesus. Amplified says, I press on toward the goal to win the supreme and heavenly prize to which God in Christ Jesus is calling us upward. Let's say that. God is calling, God is calling us, us up. up. 
Say it again. God is calling, God is calling us, us up. God is calling, God is calling us, us up. up. Now, God describes what this up life is like. Back in Isaiah 55, he gives us a little description of living this up life. And I'm going to read it to you out of, the, out of uh, two translations. Read it to you out of the King James, verse 12, 55, 12 in Isaiah. Here's this up life. So you're, you're receiving the word of God into your heart, right, continually. And you're meditating on the word and you're practicing it and you're applying it to your life. And this is what happens to your life. For you shall go out with joy and be led forth with peace. You can't have real joy and real peace if, if you have down thoughts in your mind. If you're trying to solve your own problems. No peace or joy there. If you found some, it, it's going to fade quickly. Right? So if you, if you forsake your down thoughts and your down ways for my up thoughts and my up ways for my word, you're going to go out with joy each and every day. You're going to be led forth with peace, shalom, untroubled, undisturbed, well-being, wholeness, and prosperity. You will be led forth with peace. The mountains and the hills shall break forth before you into singing, and all the trees of the field shall clap their hands when you walk by. Instead of the thorn shall come up the fir tree, and instead of the briar shall come up the myrtle tree. And it shall be to the Lord for a name, for an everlasting sign that shall not be cut off. And in the message it reads verses 12 and 13 like this. So you'll go out in joy. You'll be led into a whole and complete life. You'll be led into a whole and complete life. The mountains and hills will lead the parade, bursting with song. All the trees of the forest will join the procession, exuberant with applause. No more thistles, but giant sequoias. No more thorn bushes, but stately pines. Monuments to me, to God, living and lasting evidence of God. I press on toward the goal for the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. God is calling us upward in Christ tonight. Isn't that wonderful? Isn't it great what God has already done in our lives? Oh, but how much more he desires to do. Have you ever thought back to how down you were? We were down low, weren't we? And God brought us up from there, way up from there. He's not done yet, as Pastor said earlier. He's not done yet. He's got a whole lot of more where that came from, right? Hallelujah. I love what Jesus, the Master, said in, in uh, Isaiah, and then he said it again in Luke. It was the first scripture that he read in Luke chapter 4 uh, before he began his ministry, and he quoted the prophet Isaiah. But I want to read to you another description of the uplife. Another description of what your life will become as you replace down thoughts with God's up thoughts. As you replace your down ways with God's up ways. And we're going to go to Isaiah chapter 61. 
and this is prophetic of the Lord Jesus Christ, and he's speaking of the up life, and he says, the spirit of the Lord God is up on me because the Lord hath anointed me to preach good tidings, good news. It's good news. It's good to go up unto the meek. He sent me to bind up, to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty and freedom to the captives and the opening of the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord and the day of vengeance of our God, to comfort all that mourn. Listen to verse 3. To appoint unto them that mourn in Zion, here's your up life, to give them beauty instead of ashes, the oil of joy instead of mourning, the garment of praise instead of a spirit of heaviness, that they might be called trees of righteousness the planning of the Lord that he may be glorified. In the Amplified, verse 3 reads this way. To grant, again, this is the description of the up life. To grant consolation and joy to those who mourn in Zion. To give them an ornament, a garland, a diadem, a crown of beauty instead of ashes. The oil of joy instead of mourning. The garment expressive of praise instead of a heavy, burdened, and failing spirit. That they may be called oaks of righteousness, lofty, strong, and magnificent, distinguished for uprightness, justice, and righteousness standing with God, the planting of the Lord that he may be glorified. God's plan is for you to be lofty, up, strong, magnificent, distinguished for uprightness, just and right standing with him. That's a good life, friend. That's a good life. He's called us up. It was with great joy when I realized that God wasn't holding anything back from me. It was with great joy when I realized many years ago when I first got saved that if God would give me his son, he'd gladly give me anything else. And doesn't the word say that? Who knows where that is in the Bible? Romans chapter 8. If, yeah, yeah. If God did not spare his own son but gave him up for us all, how will he not also along with him Freely give us all things. Amen. See the verse 31 or 32. Now look at Jesus again, clearing it up, making sure that, that we understand that God wants to be one with us. God doesn't want a, a gaping hole between you and him. God wants to fellowship with you. God wants to walk with you through every issue, every moment of your life. Isn't that wonderful? Oh, the stress that would uh, vanish if you'll walk with him. You're making things so hard when you go to work and just strive and struggle. Rest in him. You know, you could be at work working, but be resting inside. You're physically using your body but inside you've got a peace. As opposed to going to work worried about whether or not you're going to have enough at the end of the week to pay the bills and do what you want and need to do. That's a heavy weight that God has not designed us to carry. 
He wants to be your provider. Do you trust him to do that in your life? Really? Or are you just scratching for overtime? Overtime is overtime. That's not their time, that's your time. I'd rather spend that time with my kids, my wife, my family. God wants to provide for you. Are you looking to the world's answers for your provision? I'll just work more. I need more money, so I'll work more hours. How many hours are you going to work, friend? How much money do you need? My God shall supply all my needs according to his in Christ Jesus. Philippians 4.19. Well, Jesus is talking, and I love it, because Jesus was amazing when he walked the earth, when he began his ministry. I mean, he just wowed people, right? He got so popular that he couldn't even come into a city anymore. He had to meet outside of the city because the crowds were so large. When Matthew chapter 11, Jesus is talking, And he says something very important. He's talking about the ministry that God has given him because he's been doing some amazing things that no one has ever done before. He's the maimed or made whole, the lame walk, the deaf hear, the blind see, the dead are raised. And people are trying to figure out how is this possible? Who is this? And he says something. I'm going to read it to you out of the message in verse 27. He's talking about this up life that he's living. And he says, the Father has given me all these things to do and say. This is a unique father-son operation. I guess that disqualifies us. Au contraire, mon ami. This is a unique father-son operation coming out of father and son intimacies and knowledge. No one knows the Son the way the Father does, nor the Father the way the Son does. I guess that disqualifies us. Au contraire, mon ami. Look what the Master says. He says, no one knows the Son the way the Father does, nor the Father the way the Son does. But, this is verse 27 in the Message Translation, but I'm not keeping it To myself. I'm ready to go over it line by line with anyone willing to listen. I want your relationship with the Father to be as intimate as mine. And I'll show you how. Then he tells you in verse 28, how? Come to me. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion and overtime? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I'll show you how to take a real rest. I used to think that rest was sitting on a recliner on the beach, sipping a cold drink, a lemonade, and watching the waves roll in. But I found there was a greater rest 
And it's coming to him on a daily basis. It's a greater vacation than any trip to any island. It's a, it's a rest that saturates your very core. And the peace just oozes out of your pores. Come to me. Come to me. Come up. You can come up at home in your, in your basement every morning or in your closet or wherever you pray. Come up in the morning. Get up in the morning. Don't get down. Don't turn the news on in the morning. What are you waiting to hear? It's all the same. It really is. Years ago, I, well, I had to do a lot of traveling on airplanes. We'd be in airports a lot. And, and you know, CNN was on every airport. And, man, I'd go from this city or this nation, and I'd hear the same stories. I'd get off this plane, you know, two hours later, arrive in that airport, and the same stories are on. Next day, so just keep cycling, you know, cycling, cycling. What do I need to hear that for? Right? I like to get up in the morning, not get down. Right? So get up. Right? Get up. Get in the Word. Get in the Word. Hallelujah. Matthew chapter 10, verse 39. Jesus says this in the Amplified again. Whoever finds his lower life will lose it the higher life. I like that. And whoever loses his lower life on my account will find it the higher life. We could say this, couldn't we? Whoever finds his down life will lose it the up life. Whoever loses his down life on my account will find it the up life. Right? Whoever is willing to forsake his thoughts and his ways, right? Who's ever willing to embrace me, to cling to me, to cleave steadfastly to me in every area of life will find the higher life. We'll live life in a whole different way. We'll live a greater life, an enduring life, an everlasting life, an eternal life, an unshakable life. Come up. I like that. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way. Right? I am the way and the truth and the life. No one can come up but through me. Jesus is the word of God, isn't he? So God is up. And God wants us to come up and be with him. Jesus is the word. It's through his word that we come up. So if we're going to come up, right, we've got to get into the word. We've got to consciously make a decision to fill our days with the word of God. You cannot have too much of the word. Can't do it. It will completely change the way you look at everything. Not 10 minutes of it. Not a little here and there. But all day long, every day of the week. And every week of every month of every year of your life. This is a whole life thing, isn't it? Right? It really, Christianity really isn't a part-time thing. It really isn't a little bit here. You know, I pray a little bit. I read my Bible a little bit. It's an all-day way of living. Right? That's why the Apostle Paul says, pray continually. He's not talking about being on your knees in your closet. He's talking about going through your day continually conscious of the Father's presence. Right? Letting him carry every weight. Right? Let it, casting every weight on him. Every care. Every anxiety. Because he cares for you. Right? So if I, wanna, if I want to go up, 
I've got to choose to fill my life with the word. In fact, James 4.10 says, humble yourselves in the sight of the Lord. It's humbling to let go of what you've believed for so long. I mean, my father taught me this. My grandfather taught me this. I went to school and learned this. I paid a lot of money to know what I know. And God says something different? That's humbling. Are you willing to let your education go? To let what man esteems as important go and, say, and believe what God says? Are you willing to let God's word be esteemed higher than any truth or any, any information, I should say, that you've ever been told? Come up. Come up. Come up. I'm amazed in the university of how much down thinking there is. And that in order to pass the exams, you have to put down answers on them. You have to learn the down to get a down degree. You're a doctor of down. I don't want to be a down doctor. I want to be a doctor of up, right? So I'm going to major in the word of God. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, humble yourselves, therefore, under God's mighty hand, that he may lift you up. Oh, what a reward for forsaking our thoughts, huh? That he may lift you up in due time. Verse 7, casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties. See, anxieties come from down thinking. It can be a very sophisticated form of down thinking that's, that's applauded by the world, that's politically correct, but it brings anxiety and stress and no peace. You see? Casting the whole of your care. Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God. Let him lift you up. How? By casting the whole of your care, your thoughts, your anxieties, your worries, your concerns, once and for all on him. Why? Because he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Let's go up. So I want to go up. So I begin to fill my mind and my heart with the word of God at all costs. I realize now that my life, the abundant life that Christ came to give you, I came that they might have and enjoy life abundantly to the full till it overflows. I can't enjoy that until I internalize the word of God, until I believe the words that he has spoken in his word. I like Psalm 119. It's full of all kinds of good stuff. In verse 130, it says, The entrance of thy words giveth light. It giveth understanding unto the simple. Hey, 105, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I like verse 162. I rejoice at the, thy word as one that findeth great treasure. Do you see God's word as that? I think it's Psalm 19 that says that his word is, is better than gold, than much pure gold. Do you see the word of God that way? What, what if there was a, a, a stash of pure gold available to you and you just had to, uh, to put forth effort to get it? How much effort are you putting forth to, to receive the word of God in your heart, to know this word? 
To esteem the word of God higher than the word of your family. Than mom and dad, maybe. See, I didn't grow up in a Christian home. And and there's a lot of down thinking in my home. Love my mom and dad, but down stuff. What's more important? The word of God. I've got to choose the word, right? Regardless of my family traditions and even what mom and dad may have said, I've got to come up. You see, I've got my eyes on the prize of the upward calling of God in Christ Jesus. I'm pressing on. If the others want to stay there and be down, that's fine, but I'm going up, right? We're going higher because we realize there's a whole lot more to this world than what's going on around us that God wants us to come up, right? Uphold me according to thy word that I may live and let me not be ashamed of my hope. Hold thou me up and I shall be saved, and I will have respect unto thy statutes continually. That's verses 116 and 117. Verses 133. Order my steps in thy word, and let not any iniquity have dominion over me. See, sin shall not be your master over you as you get rid of down thinking. Because you're not under the law anymore. We are under something. We're under grace. Right? We've We've been taken out from under the law, now we're under grace, right? God is the only one above us. Have you ever thought about that? The devil's not above you. Depression is not above you. Sickness is not above you. Poverty is not above you. The only one above you is God. God made us a little lower than himself, didn't he? Right? He crowned us with glory. It was his decision. So we're humble by accepting his purpose and plan for our lives, right? Instead of going on with this down thinking. Verse 50, this is my comfort in my affliction, for thy word hath quickened me, revived me, and given me life. So now we're coming up because we're choosing to look to him for answers rather than the world around us. I lift up. My eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? My help comes from the Lord, the maker of heaven and earth. He will not let your foot slip. He will not let your foot slip. That's a good God. That's a watchful God. That's a round-the-clock God. That's a God who loves you more than anyone else. He's not going to let your foot slip. He who watches over you will not slumber or sleep. Hallelujah. I lift up my eyes for every issue of life, every answer. I lift up my eyes. My help comes from up, right? Psalm 61, 2, from the end of the earth I call to thee. When my heart is faint, lead me to the rock that is higher than I, right? The answer's up. Come on, the answer's up, right? Psalm 27, verses 5 and 6, for in the time of trouble he shall hide me. In his pavilion, in the secret of his tabernacle, shall he hide me. He shall set me up, up on a rock. And now shall mine head be lifted up above my enemies round about me. I will extol thee, O Lord, for thou hast lifted me up and hast not made my foes to rejoice over me. There's there's one who wants you down, right? His name is Satan, the Lord of the flies, Beelzebub. Don't let Bub keep you down anymore. Come up. 
He will lift you up above the head of your enemies. He's lifted us up in Christ. We're above the head of our enemies. We're not fighting against this world. right? Our, our battles, our struggles are not against flesh and blood, but against the spirits of darkness in the heavenly places, right? It, it, the spirits of wickedness in the heavenly realms. But God has lifted us up above them. He's elevated us. He raised us up with Christ, and he seated us at his right hand in Christ Jesus. We're up. Hallelujah. And no one can bring us down. God has put you up. Who's going to bring you down? Glory to God. Are you ready to come up? Is tomorrow going to be an up day? Sure. All you've got to do is believe. He who comes to me will never hunger. He who believes in me will never thirst. So going forward from this moment on, Every issue, we're looking up. We're looking up. Not looking to, to the latest talk show. Right? Not looking to the experts in the field. We're looking up. We're looking up. God is up. And he's got an upward calling on your life. Come up. Come up. Come up. He's the most high God. 